All right. Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome. This is episode number 11 of the Felix Espresso Ride and Podcast. Uh, very pleased to have special guest Jeremy Wood, a.k.a. ex-fat guy, on the show this week. Um, got a lot of interest this week. We're uh, discussing a very hot, trendy topic. Um, that's the, you know, low-carb, high-fat slash ketogenic diet. Um, so, you know, we want to get into a lot of things, uh, you know, the science, the diet, the, you know, the weight loss journey. Um, but, you know, let, let's frame things up and um, let's start with, uh, you know, introducing Jeremy. Um, and maybe you can just give the audience a little introduction, um, you know, how long you've been in Vegas, what you're doing right now. And then, uh, then we'll get into like the weight loss journey. How about that? Yeah. All right. My name is Jeremy Wood. I've uh, been in Vegas uh, almost 20 years, going on 20 years. Uh, I grew up in a, in a cycling family. Uh, I work uh, for a major nonprofit. I'm a chef by trade, so you know the whole diet thing is, can be kind of challenging sometimes for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, it's uh, I've been here. I've been cycling for seriously for going on just over a year and a half now. Okay. And uh, you know, just loving. It. I grew up in a cycling family. My dad still cycles a lot, so that's my. I've always wanted to get back into cycling. So I bought my, bought my first bike last year and really really hit it hard. Awesome. Cool. Okay, so I guess let's 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 put some context into this. So um, everyone's seen, or if they haven't seen the the transformation photos we posted, that, that there's been a huge uh, transformation in your body composition, right? Um, so you know you're obviously overweight. Um, wanted to make some change, maybe I don't know. So maybe explain, you know, where you were at, and you know what got you um, interested in a, a low carb diet and. You know, did you maybe try other diets before that one? Um, you know, did you have to try this one several times, or did it like suddenly click? So, so explain a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I had battled weight for, for many many years, and I had even when I was really overweight, I was just a part of a couple online communities and saw that there were a lot of people doing this that had a lot of success, and uh, you know, an overwhelming number of people had a lot of success, and I thought. You know, in the back of my mind, I wasn't even thinking at the time that, hey, this is something I might do. I wasn't thinking about weight loss. I was, I was heavy, but I was still pretty happy with who I was. And so one day I just, uh, I just decided, you know, I'm going to give this a try. And uh, it wasn't like, a, I'm going to start tomorrow and I'm going to do this. I just started one day. And it turns out with this way of eating, you know, the food's good and it's able to. I couldn't do something that was going to feel like I was going to be starved all right. the time. So uh, eating a high-fat diet, you don't have to eat as much. It satiates you much, much, right. for much, much longer. And I was able to also incorporate intermittent fasting, uh-huh. where I would eat most of my calories in a short amount of time, and then fast the rest of the time. And I found that that really kicked the weight loss up. So, so it wasn't necessarily you were like actively trying to lose weight at the time. Mm-hmm. You you were kind of just happy with where you're at, but you kind of just stumbled upon it. So that's kind of different from a lot of people, right? Like. Right. Um, you know, a lot of people, they're usually searching for that diet, like, mm-hmm. oh, Atkins, a low-fat diet, um, you know, the plethora of other diets. So oh, yeah. you kind of just kind of stumbled upon this and were like, oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, and so, I, you know, I, I did a little research on what food you could eat, what foods you couldn't eat, and uh, had, a, had a couple of meals that, involved, that included that food, mm-hmm. and, you know, those foods. And as it turns out, you know, the food was good, and it was able to keep me interested in the way of eating because... I was feeling something, I was feeling nothing hungry. And so what, was it like, so you, so you like saw something online and like, did you like see the stories and you were like, oh, you know, that, that, that resonates with me. Mm-hmm. I want to try that out. Certainly. I want to, you know, I want to be like that person or whatever. Is that, yeah, that kind of what happened? You'd see people that were having a lot of success. And one thing that was appealing was it was a lot of it was happening in a fairly 
short amount of time. It wasn't something people were like, oh, I've been doing this for three years. I lost this weight in three years. A lot of people were losing a lot of weight fairly quickly. Mm -hmm. And um, so I figured if nothing else, it wouldn't hurt to just give it a shot. If nothing else, to see how it starts out and see how it goes. And, and as it turns out, it happens pretty, it happens pretty quick. Yeah, you know? no, and for sure. That alone helps keep you motivated, you know, mm -hmm. it helps keep you yeah, so so let's let's talk about a little bit about the science then, and like like you're saying, it's like happening very quickly. The weight loss, it seems. So I mean, you know, um, the 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 I guess the the science behind the diet still is like kind of contested. They don't really know what the mechanisms are that really make it work, and you know, for some people, it doesn't work. So um, one of the things is that what people think is that when you go on this diet, you kind of just like spontaneously reduce your energy intake. It's like you actually just reduce the amount of food and that's actually why it works. So do you think it's more that or do you think it is just like the replacement of carbohydrates with fat? I, I think that it's a mix of the two. I believe that at the end of the day, I think that there is a strong science behind calories in and calories out. Now, the science behind what are good calories and what are bad calories, how sugar, how your body processes sugar, how it's stored, as opposed to how depleting your, you know, your carbohydrates and switching over to a high fat, low carb diet may make your body go quick, more quickly to its fat stores for energy. I think that's where the science is in that. I think that it does actually cause your body to start eating the, right. its, its fat for energy it doesn't have sugar your brain wants to go take the easy out you know it wants the easiest form of energy and that's going to be sugar right so your carbohydrates become sugar and you know cause your body to produce insulin and insulin's basic job is just to store fat store energy in your fat cells right no that's a great way to sum it up and like the thing is as well we can go down so many roads with this and it's so complicated because it's like okay we're talking about carbohydrates what carbohydrates we're we talking about we're talking about high glycemic carbohydrates low glycemic carbohydrates um, you know, the, the individual variation, like, you know, when you eat rice, you might, your body might respond one way and digest it one way, whereas when I eat rice, my body might digest it another way. So it's like really gets complicated. And um, like we were talking about on the ride over here, it's important for us to maybe, you know, tell people that it's really about kind of self-experimentation, right? And finding out what works for you. So, do, you know, was that a big part of your success, you think, like self-experimenting? Did you find you could eat certain foods? Like, you know, like you see a lot of people like with this diet, oh, it's all butter and bacon. And they just like slap a load of butter on the plate, start eating like rations of bacon. And it's like, it's not that simple, right? That only works if you're like literally morbidly obese and you have hundreds of pounds to lose. You can eat a lot of bacon and you can eat a lot of butter because your body is naturally, when you're that heavy, your, 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 your calorie count just to maintain is gonna be three and 4,000 calories. And, and people don't realize like, you know, that there's four calories per gram of protein or carbohydrate, right? right? But there's nine calories per gram of fat. For, for fat. Right. So like, you know, like people think like, that you can't, you, you can't eat a lot of fat because you'll, you'll, you'll reach like 4,000 calories like that if you want. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And so, you know, fortunately by eating fat, you, as long as you, you know, I found that eating more slowly, I, you know, I always eat really fast my whole life. And so, you know, your, your brain takes like 20 minutes to realize that you're full. Mm. So I would force myself to slow down my eating and actually allow myself to feel full instead of eating a lot of food. And then 20 minutes later, 
feeling terrible, you know, because so, I eat too much food. So that's interesting, right? Because that's not even anything to do with the ketogenic diet, no. but just just approaching diet and starting to think about it made you think about other things that would help, which is another part of it, right? So maybe it's not necessarily just the diet. It's like, okay, I'm starting to really be more health conscious, starting to think more about food and appreciate food and, and the interactions between my body and food right. rather than just simply high fat. I think a lot of the, the problems that people, a lot of new people have on it is they do a little reading about it and they see, okay, I can, you know, they see, okay, they want to replace things that they normally liked with something else, with, with a keto replacement. Like for instance, you know, bulletproof coffee was the big craze for a while. So people would be like, you know, I'm, I don't understand why it's not working for me. I, I drank two bulletproof coffees this morning. Yeah. You know, you know, They're looking for a magic just, pill, it's, right? It's yeah. essentially a bunch of oil and then a bunch of heavy cream in their coffee. Yeah, it's delicious. Yeah. But I'm telling you what, a coffee is like eight or 900 calories. Right. And then so people get on that. So you really have to be careful calorie-wise and, and be mindful of your calories. Right. No, yeah, you can't just... It, like you said, calories in, calories out. There is something to that. Yes, you know, when you eat protein, you, your body kind of has to work harder to digest that protein. So there's more of a thermogenic effect to eating protein. Um, you know, carbohydrates, like, they're more maybe fuel. So, like, you shouldn't really overindulge in carbohydrates if you're not exercising that much. Fat, you know, it's very satiating. So, you know, it kind of works. So, yeah, I think it's definitely all about that balance, like you said. Um, Let's talk about protein, actually, because we just touched on that. So uh, um, one of the things behind a ketogenic diet that people often um, look over is that you have to moderate the amount of protein you right. eat, right? right? Is that something that you found you had to do? Like, did you find you were maybe eating too much protein at the start and had to scale it back or at vice times, versa? At times, yes, because a lot of the food, you know, meats and things like that are very high in protein. Even a fatty cut of meat is still going to have quite, quite a lot of protein in it. So you'd have to balance that with by increasing. I, I did a lot of, one of the things I attribute a lot of success to was pretty stringent tracking at first using a, using fitness and, and, and food macronutrient tracking apps right. where I would enter religiously pretty much all the food I was eating and it would give me a breakdown of my percentages. You know, okay. ketogenics, you want to follow uh, basically 5% carbohydrates or roughly under, I was trying to eat under 20 grams of carbs a day and wow. to put that in perspective, that that's, is low. that's 10%. You know, the average American's diet is roughly 200 grams and that's for just a normal what they consider a healthy right. diet is 200 grams of carbohydrate today so yeah. eating under 20 can be pretty challenging but there's and uh, about 35 percent protein and about 60 60 to 65 percent yes uh, 30 protein 65 fat and about five percent carbs right. so by tracking that I could if I saw that towards the end of the day if I was if my if my macros were a little off and I had, had a little too much protein but I was still under my calories I would have an extra, have a little treat or something that was high fat, so it mm -hmm. would help bring it, bring it back in line. Did um, did the tracking on so you use like MyFitnessPal? Yeah. I take it so. Did that like dictate to you how much you ate, and did it kind of like steer you away from kind of just listening to your body? One of the hard things was, you know, people get caught up in the okay, I have to keep my my. I didn't eat enough fat today, so they would eat something that they didn't right. need. You don't need to eat. Because like someone like, told them you need to be like, I don't know, 150 grams of fat. Right. They've got 50 left over, and it's like 10 p.m. at night. Right. So they get, oh, I'm going to cut like three tablespoons of butter. Yeah. And like, yeah. You know, the, the fat is, those, those are guidelines. Essentially, with the carbohydrates, yes, you definitely want to stay under your target carbohydrates. And But with the fat or the protein, I mean, the fat or the protein, it isn't necessary to eat extra in mm -hmm. order to reach some, some goal, basically. So, so 20 grams, that, that is aggressive. Is that something you did just 
to like to start to like kickstart the diet or is that something you still do to this day I well I try to still keep it under 20 yeah. it's, it's more it's more challenging nowadays um, you know because it, you, when you start reading labels there are a little carbs here and you know with labeling you'll see things that say they're they're zero carbs but zero carbs actually you know labeling laws here that's anything basically up to a gram essentially of carbohydrates so they sneak it in here and there and uh, so I would say that I eat under 40 okay. would be my goal yeah yeah. Is there like um, carbs that you found that, um, you know, when, when you do eat carbs, I mean, is it any carbs or do you still try and eat like more healthy carbs, like maybe like, uh, you know, like nice grains or fruits or vegetables, like, or do you even like completely stay away from grains and you're more kind of on that like paleo keto diet? Pretty much. I, yeah. I always, I pretty much avoided grains. Uh, if, I, if I'm craving grains or bread or something like that, I found uh, many other options for, you know, flax seeds or, or almond flour. I can make a bread. If I really am craving a sandwich or something, I can make a bread. Okay. That'll, that'll work. Uh, it's, it's, a, okay. it's, it's not a great replication, but it's something. Yeah. You know. As for carbs, for picking good carbs, bad carbs, I don't, uh, if, if I go out somewhere, and, you know, if I go out to dinner, if I see sweet potatoes or something, I will eat some sweet potatoes. Yeah. But as a rule, I avoid, you know, one of the things I miss a lot is fruit because I love fruit, you know, and uh, so not eating fruit is hard. Yeah. And, so, okay, where do I want to go? Because you mentioned food and recipes of fruit. Um, let, let's, let, I think it's a good segue into the food because if, if people haven't seen uh, your Instagram feed, they should definitely look at it. Cause it's got some good food on it, there. The pictures are fantastic and I always just want to go and eat afterwards because <laughs> everything looks delicious. Um, so, so you're a chef, right? Right. Um, where do you, so where do you work? I work for the Salvation Army. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm not a chef in, in a traditional environment right. per se. Uh, you know, we largely feed the homeless community uh-huh. and uh, we feed about 800 to 1,000 people every day. Okay. So a lot of the food you see on my Instagram isn't food that I'm feeding at work. That's food I'm feeding myself, essentially. Right. Um, I don't get to cook you know, because of budgetary restraints, I don't get to cook a lot of that stuff for the general population. Yeah. Although I do slip in a little low carb substitutions here and there. Have you thought about opening like a keto cafe or yeah, something? I, <laughs> I get that all the time. Yeah, and, yeah. and yes, I have. Yeah. I, I don't think, I'm not sure that a strictly keto cafe or that just catered to that way of eating would be super successful because it is pretty niche. You know? Yeah, so, it is. Yeah. But I would, I would be definitely open to something like a, a regular type of cafe that had of, you know, options, you know, yeah, substitutions, yeah. options. Yeah. There's so many great Because you see it now with, like, paleo. You start to see that paleo icon in Whole Foods. And I, there's a restaurant I went to the other day. They had, like, oh, this is gluten-free, this is vegan, this one's paleo-friendly. I'm like, oh, wow, they got a paleo icon. Yeah. So you can that's see a, that with, like, oh, That's a big buzzword. Keto. And that'll always, you know, paleo is the big buzzword. Keto will never be, like, a. it's very niche. It's not going to be ever, like, a big buzzword. I yeah, yeah. Think, you know? But there are a lot of great starch options and things that you can substitute for carbs. You know, cauliflower is so versatile. Oh, yeah. There's so many things with cauliflower. That's something I've definitely adopted, like cauliflower rice. Oh, like, it's so, it's great. all the time. Hash yeah. browns, you can turn into hash browns. You can yeah. turn into, I mean, doing some crazy stuff with cauliflower now. So um, let, let's get into, like, some, some foods and, and your favorites. And, um, you know, what, let, let's, let's, let's talk about this. What was, like, your kind of favorite foods like three favorite foods before you went on this diet and like maybe how have you like tailored those to the ketogenic type well okay pizza uh-huh. uh huh pizza still you know a favorite and you know, there's no I've not I've worked hard I've not found there's a lot of online 
recipes for substitution. There is no substitution for real pizza dough. There just isn't. Yeah. So I avoid pizza pretty much. If I go a pizza, I can eat the toppings. You know, I'll make yeah. a, I'll make a little casserole out of just pizza toppings. You know, the cheese and the meat and all stuff. That still is good. Yeah. And uh, tacos. I mean, come on, who doesn't love tacos? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen it on my Instagram, but I do a thing where. I will take uh, cheese, I'll take cheddar cheese or provolone cheese and bake it in the oven okay. until it's pretty crisp and then fold it over a little mold and actually make cheese taco shells, Oh my gosh. which are basically zero carb. And so those are pretty guilt-free tacos. And yeah. you can just fill them with delicious filling. Nice. You know? I try and avoid things like uh, low-carb tortillas, you know, and things like that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, uh, but yeah, it's just all kinds of stuff you can do to, to make substitutions for carb-heavy. But peace is like, no, there's no one, there no, no one hasn't found you know, the seat. So, so crust, for someone who does find that. Crust, and it's like there's nothing like picking up a, a real piece of pizza, you know. Yeah. Just, it isn't the same. Well, that desserts. Desserts aren't, aren't too hard to do because, you know, essentially a lot of good desserts are, you know, I can make cheesecakes. I can yeah. do, you know, it's essentially the most of the dessert problems are in the sweetener right. and, and crust. And so I can make cheesecake crust out of, out of almonds. Uh, I use a couple of really good sweeteners that are basically zero carb, uh, liquid, liquid Splenda, you know. A lot of controversy in the artificial sweetener thing. I've never really gotten too much into that. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you know, che- cheesecake is essentially just cream cheese and eggs. Yeah. And then you can flavor it with whatever cocoa or, or any kind of sweetener, and it's pretty versatile. So I don't, I don't crave sweets. I'm not a sweet person. Oh, uh, that's lucky. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, another big treat in the keto world is what they call fat bombs. Yeah. Which yeah. are essentially you mix together um, various fats, uh, cocoa powder. You can and there's so many variations. And then you pour them into little molds mm-hmm. and put them in the freezer and they turn into essentially like little pieces of candy. And uh, but those are dangerous, you know, those have a lot of calories per, yeah, yeah, per yeah. serving. Yeah. I think we'll have to get you to um, like jot down like uh, two or three recipes and we'll put them on the show page oh, sure. for people. Absolutely. Yeah, because And then they, you can obviously go to your Instagram as well and check that out because that is awesome. Um, okay, so, so let's um, let's talk about cycling now. Um, so you, so you, so how many pounds away did you did you lose? I'm down about 160 right now. 165 wow. was my was my most. I started at about 400. And this is in how long? I started in February of 2013. I lost my first 100 pounds in about six seven months. Wow. And then at 13 months, I was down the full 165 pounds, and I've kept most of it off since then. I you know when I get off the bike, the winter times are rough. I gain a few pounds in the winter. Yeah. Take it off in the summer like anybody else. Thanksgiving, you know, Christmas. Much, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, so, so was cycling um, something new you introduced? Like, um, and I guess what I'm trying to get at here is how beneficial did you find cycling to to your life, to your goals, to your to your weight loss journey? Oh, 100 uh, percent. I grew up in a in a family where uh, afternoon my dad was always a cyclist and still a cyclist today. And uh, the average, you know, when I was when I was just a little kid, we had a tandem and. We would get off work, or he'd get off work in downtown LA, and we'd ride up the hill to Dodger Stadium to go to baseball games. Or the weekends, we'd all hop on the San Gabriel River Trail in Southern California and ride 20 miles to the Angel, to, to, you know, the Angel Stadium as a family. Yeah. And uh, so that was always cool. And uh, after I gained that weight, I think when I lost the weight, I think I wanted to get back into cycling just because I could. You know, when you're that heavy, it's it's pretty limiting. You know, bikes break, and it's not it's exercise like that is hard. So. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things I wanted to do because it's a really beneficial aerobic activity. You know, right. It's not. It isn't like weightlifting and anything like that. It's. It's a. To me, I found it to be the best workout. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, do, do you like? You know, you mentioned you did some intermittent fasting. Um, there's a lot of hype around around right now about um, doing faster training, like tra- right. training low. People are calling it. So you know, you you maybe um, 
you, you go low carb for the dinner, um, then you wake up in the morning, you don't eat any breakfast, and then you head out for a ride. Is that something you I do? Kind of, that's essentially what yeah. I do when I go for a morning ride. I don't usually eat in the morning. Yeah. Um, I'll, have co- I'll have coffee yeah. and then go ride. And I don't find that it really affects me, I don't think, that no. much. I don't as long as you're not doing any high-intensity stuff. Right? right. I mean, it's like, I I mean, I think that's a great way to do it because, like, um, like you said before, you're... you're basically forcing your body to get into those fat stores rather than use that convenient carbohydrate store. So, um, yeah, I think that's great. I think I feel like if I eat in the morning before I ride, I feel like I'm just going to be burning off what I just ate. Right. Burning off, you know, yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah. You know? um, have you found it hard to like, um, you know, did you have any of the keto flu people talk about at the start? Have you found like, sometimes you need energy or like you, you are, are you good not anything that I would attribute to being low carb you yeah. know when you when I feel like I'm down on energy I could attribute it to any, any number of things I didn't get that keto flu where when people say it's, it's you know that transition where they get foggy and hazy at least not that I noticed it wasn't something that was like oh I feel awful like I'm the flu yeah, like, yeah. you know the first transition for the first couple of days can be a little weird, but I didn't really notice anything. It didn't, huh? it didn't affect me like that. But so, I got other friends that it, that it did affect like that. Yeah, it obviously just sounds like you've just kind of found what works for you. Like you kind of listen to your body and it is, this is something that works for you, which I think is important for everyone to hear is that like, you know, like we said before, they can't just hop on something and like drink three bulletproof coffees in the morning or whatever and just expect it to work. They really have to experiment. So they're definitely kind of like N equals one kind of thing. Oh, exactly, right? yeah. Yeah, like, and you know, you can read all these studies. They publish like, oh, this study was on like 200 people. It still averages. And there's, there are people that fall um, this side of the curve and that side of the curve. So um, it's important to for people to understand that they need to experiment. And, you know, a lot of people get discouraged on this way of eating a little bit because at first it happens quickly because your body sheds a lot of water. Right. And so you'll lose, I know I probably lost 15 pounds in a week almost, and so people get really hyped up. And then they say it starts to creep back up. And, but and, and then it levels off, yeah, you know, yeah. the weight loss levels off. Yeah. And so people need to stick to it through the tough times and not, you know, people get obsessed with weighing themselves like every single day and they're like, I can't believe I gained two pounds a day. Well, that could be, you know, especially with, with women, a lot of times are, are, are get very discouraged because they'll say, oh, I gained two pounds, you know, today, since yesterday. Well, that could be anything, you know. Body, yeah. body physiology is so weird, you know, it's a, and it's so different for everybody, every single person. Like you said, one person eating rice. I work with, I work with people in my kitchen that can literally eat carbohydrates from the time they get right. to the time they leave, and they're, they're literally, they're real thin. Yeah. You know, I hate yeah. them. And I, I, that's the fascinating thing about nutrition for me, I think, is that what, why do you see these different people, these different populations, they have totally different diets, Yet, you know, some people can just stay lean and thin, others can't, um, you know, what, and we don't know what affects it, no. right? We, we, is, it, is it the way people were brought up, the foods they ate when they were younger, um, you know, is it, like, like, what is it, is it stress? Is it like the working schedule we have now? Like, it could what be is any it? number of things. It could be, you know, when you're growing up, there may be a time where your body is growing, like in adolescence, where what you eat then may very well affect how your body reacts for the rest of your life. Right. You know, I don't know if anybody if they know anything about that. Right. You know? I think that's one thing I found. I mean, I, I kind of experimented with the ketogenic diet myself, and um, you know, one of the things I started to eat a lot was salads because, like, you know, you can't eat rice or bread anymore. So, you know, a, a good thing to eat is salads. They're low carb, right? But I never really ate a lot of like cold, like raw food when I was younger, and I. It, 
you know, I started to have a few stomach problems. I'm like, oh, maybe it's because I didn't ever really eat salads that much. Right. And now I'm eating them like every day. And, you know, I found that when I did cut out that raw vegetables, it, I did better. Right. So for me, I need to cook my food. I'm not saying like everyone should cook their food, right. but just for me, myself, I found that I do better when my food is cooked right. versus when it's raw. And that, you know, vegans, that's fine. I, that works for them. Right. It doesn't work for me. Um, you know, is that something you've definitely found? I do eat a lot of salad. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me that way. Yeah. The thing I like about salad is I can eat a lot of it and not basically feel not too guilty about it. Yeah. I like to eat, I like to eat a lot. You know? yeah. So that was one of the things I like about this way of eating was I could eat more than if, if I was eating, uh, you know, on a real strict, you know, low calorie type of deal. That would yeah. be, I didn't want to suffer. Right. You know? and, and, and I didn't have to suffer like this, which was a plus. Because I just, yeah. wanna, I, I know myself and I know I, that's not a success, that wouldn't be a successful yes. method for me. It may work for a minute. But I need something that I can do long term, something yeah. that I can do for life, essentially. So uh, yeah. So just to recap on what you said, so I think I think we basically summarize that we think that this this diet is great for someone who has the weight loss goals, as um, you know, it does reduce the carbohydrate intake, and I think we both recognize that carbohydrates are more of a fuel to like fuel activity and running. So if you're not doing a lot of that, you maybe don't need that amount of carbohydrates that you're eating. But a lot of people do overindulge on carbohydrates and they could definitely do with reducing that intake. And this diet is great for someone who has maybe satiety problems and do want to eat food as it um, as the fat and the protein does help with satiating you. So so that that's the keto diet for a weight loss objective. Let's talk about, now this might not be your goal, but there's a lot in the media now about this diet having performance benefits for elite athletes. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you've got any any um, insight into that or any thoughts about that. Well, you know, a, a lot of times, you know, a lot of the the general consensus amongst a lot of the, a lot of fitness people who aren't in the know, per se, about the science, scoff at this way of eating because they feel that you have to have carbohydrates in order to, A, build muscle, uh, you know, and they feel that you can't get the performance in the gym. Bodybuilders use this diet to cut, you know, especially to cut fat coming up to uh, competition. Uh, there's a, a lot of there's a really good online community called Keto Gains, which is essentially. It's on geared, Reddit, right? Yeah, it's on Reddit. Yeah. Reddit, and also, there's also a good. They've also gone. They have a Facebook group also, okay. and uh, it is a. It's a it's a good community basically aimed at performance athletes essentially that to balance this diet. And you know some of them don't do this diet 100% all the time. They do what they do called a cyclic ketogenic diet, right. where they'll cycle carbs in and out, mm -hmm. you know, based upon if they're going to go work out, they'll up their increase just a little bit so they can get that, so they don't do what they call bonking in the gym. I mean, right. When I first got on this, I went to the gym a couple times, and yeah, if you're eating super low carb, as low as I was, you can really get to that point where you really, in the gym, you really feel like you're going to pass out, like you really hit that wall. Yeah. So ha have there been, like, through, through these years now, have there been times where you've kind of upped your level of activity, where you do kind of do this more cycling, cycling of carbohydrates? Uh, not, I don't think, not, not intentionally, not for the purpose of, of, of performance. Uh, if I, sometimes if I feel I've done a lot of activity and I'll see that I've, I've, I've burned a ton of calories, I will, I will eat more carbohydrates just simply because I can. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, because basically, like, I mean, the, the, the mechanism behind that, I think, is like um, your muscle is more sensitized, right, once you work out. So the food you eat is basically being used by the muscle to like restore the glycogen levels uh, and that kind of thing. If you're sitting around, your muscles don't need that fuel, so the carbohydrates basically gonna get 
it's stored, yeah, right? It's stored yeah, for, yeah. for energy. Yeah. So that's what your body wants. It wants that ease of energy. There's a lot of health benefits to it, too. A lot of people, it's, it's great for people who are pre-diabetic because it really reduces insulin levels. Yeah. And so a lot of people are being able to get off their medications yeah. and uh, finding a lot of health benefits. My, my thing was, I was worried, you know, people think, oh, you're, that, that I'm, that I'm killing myself essentially by eating those high-fat foods because you know, a lot of people don't understand that in science, you know, we've been taught for 40 years that right. fat is bad, you know, and there's a, there's a huge swing right now where now it's going to be carbs are bad and it yeah. may swing back at one yeah. point for Every study that says it's good, there's another study that says it's bad. You know. But the the so the whole fear came about by I think it was the seven country study. Have you heard of that study? No, so it was a massive study. It involved seven countries, and it basically created created that whole fear around saturated fat and its link to cardiovascular disease. And that was where saturated fat got its bad name. Since then, there's literally been books written about the study. And like there was a bunch of holes in it, and you know people have said, "Oh, this is bad." Actually, this is good. But um, that's where saturated fat got its bad name. Right. Then, then like you said, there was like the Atkins diet. That was kind of basically like the first kind of foray into that ketogenic style of things. Um, and now, yeah, like you said, it's like, "Oh, fat's bad." Now carbohydrates are bad. It's not about extremism, right? right? It is about just like, maybe it's just about some balance or just finding out what works for you. Like, it's not about, oh, I want to follow this trendy paleo diet. I want to follow this trendy low fat diet, whatever. It's like, okay, take, take some good notes from these different diets, compile it and, and think about yourself. Think about how your body reacts with food, right? Is, it, is that is that kind of a good oh, yeah. summary? <laughs> and you, you mentioned a good word, trendy. You know, paleo is a, is a huge trendy word. So you get people that want to jump on this trendy paleo diet. Mm -hmm. They don't take it's doing this if you're going to do it for weight loss. You have to really want to take it seriously. You can't you can't do it sometimes, and because you can't you know you can't eat low carb and high fat and then throw carbs and high fat into the mix. That's a that's a deadly combination. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you really throw the weight back on like that. So. Okay. So so for, so. For, performance like we said the keto gains thing um it is still up in the air though isn't it because they do take these like studies from um these scientific studies which are on obese populations and they say oh because these obese people are losing fat and burning more fat if i'm a cyclist or a runner that means oh i'm going to be able to run a marathon on pure fat it's right. just not the case right no, I, no, I, I you're not going to run a two and a half hour marathon on butter like no, it's no. it's now after you know, once you're on keto for a while, you become fat adapted. Where yeah. you know, it's it's there are people who do run marathons essentially and, and, and are high performance athletes on on a keto diet when they're eating very low carb and don't have to cycle carbs. And, uh, it's not recommended at first, you know. But uh, once you're fat adapted, it's it's. I don't find that I have to increase my carbohydrates to do any even long distance cycling, even 70, 80, 80 miles. Right. Uh, I did a couple centuries last year on pretty low carbs. Yeah. Maybe ate a, a little bit of a banana or something along the way. Yeah. Or a, or a Quest bar or something like that. No, that's awesome. So it's definitely about like, yeah, your body does adapt. It does get more efficient at using fat. It depends though on the duration, on the intensity of the activity. Like, what sports are you doing? Are you playing like, you know, American football that requires like very powerful movements? Oh, sure. Which we know, you know, the body when it's doing that high intensity activity, it's, it's, it's using muscle glycogen, right? right. I mean, that, that's the mechanism. It's right. not, it, there's no way for that to change. Right. Well, at least we think so, right? I don't know, maybe science will tell us differently in the future. Okay. Um, 
So we've talked about a lot of things. Um, let's touch on some questions. <laughs> Does anyone have any questions for, for Jeremy? Jeremy, what music do you listen to when you cook? Okay, so a question from Scott is, what music do you listen to when you cook? If I'm at home, I just I'll put on Pandora or something. It'll either be heavy metal. Uh, it depends. Um, Has the diet changed your music taste? <laughs> no, no, just my food taste. Uh, usually, it, it you know depends on what I'm doing at, at work. You know where I do most of my cooking. We don't really have music in the kitchen, so I don't. But if I'm at home, it'll be it'll be heavy metal or even like just regular like mix ninety four point one or something. It'll depend if I'm by myself or if I'm with somebody else. Whatever they want to listen to. Yeah. Um, I was a DJ for here at a major nightclub for many years, so EDM. I, I'm still listening to a little EDM here and there. Yeah. Uh, cool. But that's not not as much as I used to. Awesome. Any other questions? Yeah. So you said you were trying intermittent fasting. What was your typical schedule? Your typical window? Did you do like the 16-8? At its okay. most extreme, I was doing four, uh, 20 and four. So this wow. is uh, at its most extreme. So question from Tony is about intermittent fasting and and your schedule. So you yeah. were doing tw 20 hours of no eating at 20 all. 20 hours of fasting. No I would eat all of my calories in, in four hours. I would basically, I'd, I would wait, I'd, I'd get up in the morning and I'd wait until about 11 o'clock or so and, and I'd eat my first meal. And then about three o'clock, maybe three or four o'clock, I would eat my last meal. Wow. And then uh, I would make sure that my last meal was fairly fat heavy so it would satiate me longer. And um, after the first couple of days, that just became no brainer. It got to the point where I was literally forcing myself to eat a healthy amount of calories. I, you know, I couldn't, my goal was 1,400, 1,500 calories. And I'd be, after my last meal, I'd have like only an 800 or something calories. And I'd still feel so full. I'm like, I don't think like, I could eat. Like, is, that, is that strategy something you do just to kind of like switch things up? And do you find it hard to sustain? Do you recommend it for people? Is it is it more of like a, a strategy you do every once in a while just to switch things up rather than doing it all the time? Well, it's one of those things, you know, you see people that say, I, you know, I don't like to eat late at night. I don't like, you know, I don't, I prefer, I don't eat much after, you know, I get off work at 3 or 3.30 in the afternoon. It's rare that I'll eat after I get off work in the afternoon until, I'll, I eat breakfast earlier than I used to. I get to work at 6 or 6.30. And I'll eat breakfast by 8 or 9 o'clock, eat my last meal again about 3 o'clock, and then fast pretty much the rest of the day. Unless I go out to dinner, if I'm out with friends or I go out to dinner, but I rarely cook at home. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's mostly fasted at night. So when you were in your window, where did you work out? Because you worked out fasted, right? Yeah, when the whole time that I was losing the weight, I didn't, I didn't exercise at all. I didn't, I didn't, oh, okay. I didn't exercise so at all. It was just pure diet. Yeah, it was, just, it was a pure, okay. pure diet based. Uh, I didn't start exercising until I was pretty much hit my goal, and then that's when I picked up cycling and, and a little bit of gym. But I found that the gym, I couldn't, I, the gym wasn't motivating enough for me. I didn't. As soon as I got on a bike, I found that I could, I enjoyed being able to push myself farther than I, you know, I really thought I ever could. And when you broke your fast in, any, in your window, when you're choosing your meals, were you sticking to the keto oh, yeah. during oh, that yeah. window? Oh, yeah. Wow, that's that's extreme. Yeah, I've been keto the whole time. I'll probably be keto for the rest of my life. At least wow. at least moderate keto. I'm, I'm a little more lazy keto than I used to be. I don't I don't track my stuff anymore. I just pretty much know what has what has carbs and what doesn't. What I can eat, and what, sure. I, what I can. Sure. Did you find that tra the tracking is kind of a good thing to like learn at first, right? Like. Right. And that bay does kind of become a toll. It becomes, tedious. Toll. Oh, yeah, it becomes yeah. super tedious. Yeah. Unless you really get into it, if, unless you're eating a lot of the same foods and recipes all the time. Uh, MFB had a lot of 
a lot of good features where I could actually go in and enter, you know, if there was something I was eating a lot of, I could go in and enter a recipe, and then I could just transfer that recipe on at one time. I didn't have to keep inputting all of those things, like for instance, like a, a cob salad or something. I could get that whole cob salad ready to go, right. and then just say, okay, I had cob salad. And it's hard because, I mean, like, how accurate even is it, right? How, how accurate is that stuff you're logging in MyFitnessPal? Like, you know, when you cook something, it changes the composition. Oh, sure. Like, yeah. different brands have different, right. like, calorie intakes. Um, you got to take it all with a grain of salt right. a little bit. But it's a good guide. It's a guideline, yeah. That's all it is. It's just a guideline. Um, well, it's going to be interesting, right, as technology progresses, like, you probably won't even have to do that. I mean, I think I've, I saw something, like, last year where you're wearing this wristband and somehow by like the dynamics of your blood flow, it can tell you exactly the macronutrient content of the meal you just ate. Oh wow. And it's, you don't, so you don't even need to like do anything. It's just, wow. it just kind of tells you. How crazy is that? Yeah, it'd be great. Uh, any other questions from anyone? Kevin? <laughs> I, I was just really interested to come here because I just sold Jeremy yesterday. Yeah. Cycling. Yeah. I didn't know anything that you were doing on the Sakigo thing. Yeah. It's really cool. Because um, I got into it a year and a half ago. Oh, did you? Performance. Right. Um, goals. But then I, as I got more into it, I just saw all the long term health benefits. Right. Of it. So. So, well, Ke Ke oh, so Ke yeah, so Kevin's a, you know, he's a very popular bike racer here in town. Um, he got, he's on the <laughs> ketogenic diet. He's been on it for a year. We're definitely going to get him on the show later. He's, he's been more in it for performance. Um, but, you know, he's asked, he's asked Jeremy um, whether he's been able to influence people who um, wanted to lose weight or like, have their own goals. Oh, sure. You know, you, people see you having that, that success and everybody wants to know how you do it. You know, that, you get that all the time. And so I try and guide people, you know, and, and try and get them on, on the right track and, and especially to help them stay with it through, through the hard times and, and give them, you know, people find it to be a little confusing. You know, they find it's, it can be overwhelming because it's such a lifestyle change. Yeah. And it's one of the hardest things for me was getting over that mental hurdle that it was okay to eat that much fat, you know, because we're just, we've been trained for 40 years that it was, that fat is not, eating that much fat is, it, it's, it must be bad, you know, and so that's, that was the hardest thing for me mentally to get over, and so I try and guide people through that part, because I can see people struggling with that. Right. I see people think, okay, I'm gonna do this keto thing, and then they get, they're like, look, look at my keto salad, you know, and it's got a bunch of chicken on it, and, and not much fat, you know, and so they think, you know, sure, that's great, that's healthy, but if you're really trying to do the keto thing correctly, you know, I'll try and guide them a little bit better, a little less protein, a little more fat, and you see people really get resistant about eating the fat, you know, they don't, you know, they don't understand that you can get fat from sources, you know, animal sources like, uh, you know, heavy cream and butter, you know, actual real butter, they say, oh, well, look at, I'm, I got this low fat such and such. And you know, with the, you know, most low-fat products, you know, they replace the fat with something that's fair, fairly yeah. carb-heavy. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. And so that's a, that's a, that's a big hurdle for people. I think I think part of one of the good things the diet does is like it does get you to eat more foods that maybe have less ingredients in, like, like heavy cream. You look at the back of that, and it's like one ingredient, right? right. Versus or like you know, full-fat yogurt, it doesn't have anything added. So right. I think it gets people to maybe choose more whole foods mm -hmm. rather than um, things that are processed and have added ingredients, right? 
Yeah, you know, so, so it's, it's just another it's another good takeaway from the diet. Yes, you don't have to maybe be extreme, but you know, taking these learnings and these good aspects from each of these diets, right? And you know, and you find that people will get in, in a lot of the online communities, and there's a lot of, of different point of views in the online communities about eating whole foods and not eating processed foods, and uh, a lot of people are pretty extreme in their views a lot of times, and that can really turn people off who are trying to get into it. They go, a lot of people are, are very new to it. They'll get in there, they'll ask a question, and a lot of times they'll get a lot of bad responses from people, you know, and sometimes angry responses, and so that can really turn people off. So I especially try and hang out in the communities and be as supportive as possible to people. I get a lot of questions. A lot of people message me on Instagram. They see my success on Instagram, and so they will, you know, they'll, they'll hit me up and ask me questions. How do I get started? That's the most common question is, how do I get started? What do you eat? You know, and so I've worked out a few meal plans. You yeah. Know, some simple, simple meal plans. You know, that aren't aren't exorbitant or anything. Yeah. You know, and so just something to get people started. Yeah. Over that first time. So touch on that a little bit. That's interesting. So like, what, what is like, what do you find like the biggest hurdle? Like, like you said, it's maybe the saturated fat. Um, uh, uh, you know, as a nutritionist, a lot of the people I speak to, um, who are trying to lose weight or do performance gains, a lot of their thing is like, oh, I don't like to cook cooking's too hard um, so, so what what are some of these hurdles you see and like what are the kind of recommendations you give people to overcome those challenges well besides a lot of the misinformation you know you know people go out and seek information they get you know there's for there's a thousand ways of eating and everyone's way of eating is right you know and so they you know you get, people get a lot of misinformation when they get out there so that can be confusing people get confused by all the information um, the hurdle of just trying to stick with it once they hit that first plateau and uh, not being so obsessed with the numbers about their about their weight, they want to weigh themselves every day, and then they get discouraged when they gain a pound one day. But you know, I recommend that you don't. You just put the scale away because the scale will lie. You know, I hit I hit my goal pretty much of 235, and never I didn't lose a pound after that. But I still dropped two shirt sizes and three pant sizes at 235. So your body will still change. Yeah. Even though the actual yeah, numbers, your body composition might change. You like, you know, you might put on muscle, right? Lose body weight, which is a good thing. Exactly. Like, you, you're gonna look good. If that and so you know, you, instead of going by the numbers, go by how your clothes are fitting and how you're feeling. You know, when yeah. you wake up in the morning and you have all this energy. And, it's totally right, and you, it can just be stressful, right? And stress is obviously bad for a number of reasons, like you know, linked to inflammation, right. like. Yeah, messes with the sleep, which can have all like really bad effects. So. Sleep, sleep is one of the most. I attribute good sleep to a lot of my success with the intermittent fasting. I found that when I was sleeping good, good solid sleep for a long enough time, I found that the weight was coming off much more consistently. Is there anything you've had to do to like try and get a better night's sleep? No, just I force myself to go to bed at a decent hour. Yeah. You know, which is hard because I get up so early. So do you do it's any weird. like? Um, you know, maybe meditation or yoga or anything. Um, not per se. I, uh, you know, I listen to music. Yeah. And uh, I'll just kind of like on. wind down. Right. At night. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm kind of an introvert, so I like to spend time by myself. You know, I'll surf the internet. I try not to do that too late because you know this screen will mess with my eyes and keep me up. Yeah. You know, it'll it'll trigger some response. I find that there's a wave of fatigue that happens about 8:30, 9 o'clock at night, and if I can get to bed right about that time, I'm good. If I power through that for whatever reason, then uh, sometimes I'll have a little trouble sleeping. But yeah. Stress, yeah. stress, stress is a big killer, you know, because your body produces cortisol on stress. Yeah. And so many bad things can happen. You put on weight; it's bad for your heart. Yeah. You know, stress, stress is a killer. That's another thing as well. I think like people, you know, get into all these diets and they think they can just change the diet and it's going to fix everything. Right. But really, diet is just one one key part in in a really big puzzle. Right. right. It needs to be lifestyle. It's all you know. Yeah. You need to adapt a lifestyle. It can't just be diet because all the other bad factors in your life. 
are still going to be there, you know, and so and that will affect the success of your diet, you know. So yeah, it has to be a complete lifestyle change. Okay. Cool. Okay, so we're approaching the end of uh, the show right now, but um, to close up, I think I've got one question that just popped into my head that I want to ask you. We've asked this before of a couple of people. Um, you know, Vegas is a big foodie town. Um, people go out to eat a lot. What are your favorite restaurants and are they keto friendly? Or maybe restaurants that you know you can go to and, and the, the people understand and they can like table the menu. There, there are a few. Uh, you know, you're seeing a lot of uh, restaurants are switching to, you can always find something. Restaurants have salads. Uh, so I like to uh, hit places up that have good salads. Uh, there's a place in Summerlin called Lazy Dogs, okay. which has a great menu. And it's one of the first places that I ever saw cauliflower mash on the menu. And it's nice. one of my favorite side dishes. Low carb friendly. It's a little high calorie, but it's low carb friendly. So if you see like the you know the, the steak and fries, you can be like, okay, can I get the cauliflower mash? One hundred percent. You know, and most any restaurant steak, you can substitute steamed vegetables on the side instead of whatever uh, starch food they have. You can always get a big salad. I like the frequent place to have big salads. And then I'm a big foodie too, so sometimes I like to just go and indulge in something small and just try a little bit of something. You know, right. I still love food. I still love the way good it tastes. Yeah. And being a chef, you know, I still want to get out there and try other chefs' food. And some there's some really good places. I love Carson Kitchen. Downtown is a, it's just a mecca for awesome food right now. Um, there's a Carson little, Kitchen. Yeah, Carson yeah. Kitchen is amazing. Yeah, yeah. So good. And uh, there's a new place. Uh, I like Chinatown. I like District 1 in Chinatown. Okay, yeah. And uh, I like Latai downtown. So what about that? Though? How do you how do you eat that? Because that's like a lot of like noodles and stuff. So I usually will get uh, a meat and with vegetables on the side. Okay. You know, most places are pretty accommodating. You know, if, if, yeah. if you make a request, if you're not you know a complete jerk about it. You know, most yeah. places are pretty cool about about helping you out. You know, it's not low carb is not. It used to be a, a fairly uncommon lifestyle, so it was much harder to find things. You know, now most places understand when you go into some place and you order a burger without a bun. It's not like the first time they've right. heard it. I mean, like gluten, uh, people who have celiacs yeah. do that anyway, so it's kind of like they have to accommodate for them, and then kind of just kind of like it's convenient for the keto diet as, right. well, as well. So you don't get weird looks and stuff really anymore when you order try and substitute low carb. They just it's almost like as soon as you start to say low carb, they'll understand it. And you know, I've been places that are like, I'll forget, I'll, I'll order a. You know, I'll go to a place that has a good, a good burger and I'll say, can I get a burger without a bun? And then the waitress actually came back and said, you want that with no ketchup also, right? And I was like, oh, wow. yeah, thank you, I forgot. You know, I didn't think about that. That's awesome. You know, and so, so that's pretty cool. So it's obviously, it's awesome. around, so people are getting used to it. Cool. All right, we'll, we'll put those uh, places on the show page then so people can check them out. Okay, so, I mean, there's a lot of things we could have covered. I think we covered some good ground. Um, you know, we've obviously skipped on a lot of things and people need to, you know, really seriously think about this if they you know, want to do it. But um, if people do want to uh, try it out, I think, you know, you're definitely someone that, that can give good advice. Um, how can people reach out to you? It's uh, Instagram handle is X, yeah, X underscore. Underscore fat, underscore guy. Okay, awesome. Um, they can, you're welcome to send me a friend request on Facebook. I'll answer any questions or uh, send me a message on Instagram. Um, there's a good Reddit community, uh, keto. There's a, there's a few what they call sub sub communities on, on on Reddit based around keto, from food recipes, keto games, mm -hmm. um, and so there's a lot. That's where I got started. That's actually where I right. saw it, and so that's that's where I got started. Awesome, cool. All right, um, it's been fantastic, um, Jeremy. Thank you very I much. Appreciate it. It was a good time. Yeah. Um, All right, we're out. See everyone next week. <laughs>